lover of all things lit, professional reviewer, recommender, book blogger. I am your host, Lloyd Russell, aka The Book Sage, and you're listening to Lit with Lloyd, courtesy of KCAT Radio. Hello, and welcome to Lit with Lloyd, courtesy of KCAT Radio. I am your host, Lloyd Russell, and our guest author today is Jennifer Scully, a.k.a. Jasmine Haynes. But we'll get to that in a little while. Jennifer is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author and has written somewhere in the neighborhood of 75 books, including novellas and anthologies. Welcome, Jennifer. Thanks for taking the time to come down, and it's always great to see you. Thank you so much for having me, Lloyd. Let's start right with the two names. <laughs> Why two names and how did that develop? Well, uh, I was writing erotic romance first. Um, and I, I, my name was, I wanted Jennifer Haynes. And, <laughs> and all of my friends said, oh, Jennifer just isn't erotic enough. <laughs> so we came up with Jasmine. <laughs> and so it became Jasmine Haynes. And then um, I sold my first um, print book to Harlequin, HQN. And they didn't want to use the Jasmine Haynes name. They wanted something else. And I wanted to use my maiden name, which was Jennifer Beach, because my, Logan, my slogan was going to be, life's a beach. And they said, no, we don't like that. Um, so they decided that, that my, my, my real name is, well, I won't tell you what my real name is because it's too long. <laughs> but anyways, they wanted to shorten that to Scully because at that time there was all of the X-Files going on. So they were sort of, you know, playing into the whole X-File thing. So that's how I became Jennifer Scully. Did you start by writing erotic romance or did you start with uh, contemporary romance? I started with mystery. Ah. Yeah. My first books um, that I sold to a small um, e-publisher were mysteries. And um, I actually had to add the erotic into them. Huh. So that they could be published with this publisher because they were doing erotic romance ah. and erotic mystery. So I actually had to add more to it. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, mystery was my thing. And what I sold to Harlequin um, were all mysteries, but they were sort of um, funny mysteries, humorous mysteries. Wow. Yeah. Are you still, when you write your erotic romances today, do you still include mystery? Is that just a common theme? No, I haven't. I kind of stopped doing the mystery. Um it's, because I had I sold to Berkeley Books and was doing the erotic romance for them, I just sort of got into that's all I was writing. Um, and then uh, I started writing with uh, Bella Andre, and we're doing a, a um, series together called The Maverick Billionaires. And so those are more contemporary romance. Um, and so I've just kind of morphed into contemporary romance um, and out of the erotic. I'm not really doing erotic much, and I haven't done any mystery for a while either. Wow. Are you going to go back to the erotic romance? I mean, what kind um, of market is there for that? Well, you know, there is a big market for it, but I'm now writing um, contemporary romance, but what I call later in life romance. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Yeah. I, I want to talk about that. And so that seems to have a bigger market. Um, and I've kind of incorporated different genres into that later in life stuff. And that has that's having a bigger market than um, the erotic romance. All right. So let's talk about the Maverick Billionaires. <laughs> Okay. I, I have to admit right up front that I have not read all 75 books. <laughs> I don't think anybody has. <laughs> <laughs> However, I have read a good portion of them. And, and the Maverick Billionaires readers, listeners, you're not readers, you're listeners. 
is is my favorite romance series of all time. Truly, oh, thank you so much. Uh, I, I, and you've got a, a number seven, right? It's coming out. Yes, number seven will be coming out. And when's that going to come? Uh, probably February. Okay, that gives everybody a chance to read the first six. Uh, not that. Not that they're, I mean, they're standalones after you basically read the first one and get the, the background. Right, right. Um, how did this come about? I mean, it, uh, this is the only the only other author that you're actually working with in a series, right? Right. This is the only co-written series that I do. Um, and Bella and I have known, for, known each other for years. And uh, one day she just asked me if I wanted to do it. And I thought, Huh. That sounds cool. And I loved her idea because the, the the idea for the Maverick Billionaires was hers. Um, and I just loved the whole, everything she said about it. Um, and, and I was just really honored to be able to write with her. Um, and it's been a great collaboration. Um, I enjoy writing, you know, we both enjoy writing the books. We enjoy putting them out. So it's been great. I wow. love it. I think we, all of us readers are curious as to how two authors write the same book. So what's the procedure? How do you guys do that? Well, I don't want to get too technical with it um, <laughs> because it's sort of proprietary. Great. Um, but we do write the books together. We plot them together. We come up with all the characters together. Um, we write them together. We edit them together. So it, it's really a real collaboration there. Okay. All right. Well, I, I think that's great. Looking back on on the numbers, do you feel like you're about half and half with the erotic and the contemporary? You mean as far as the number of books? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I have far more I have far more erotic books. You do, still, do. okay. Yeah, I do. Um, but a lot of it is because um, I write the erotic books shorter. Um, they're, they can be anywhere from 40,000 words to 55,000 words. So they're a lot shorter, whereas the contemporary romances are usually longer. They're 70 to 75. So it takes me longer to write them. Uh -huh. um, and so I can do I can do a lot more with um, the short format. I can do that faster. Even though you're not really doing it now anyway. Right, okay. right now, so now <laughs> it takes me a lot longer to write the books. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so you mentioned writing some books that are a little bit later in life. You've got a trilogy going, right? And I've read the first two. So talk about that because they're terrific. <laughs> Thank you so much. Actually, um, I would call them, they're later in life holiday romances. Um, they're vacation romances. So my people go somewhere. So, and I think that's one of the great appeals of this later in life sort of category is you can do a lot more with them. I go to Provence, I go to Rome, I go to Ireland, and all my couples are, well, the first couple, they were in their 40s, but after that, everybody has been in their 50s or older. And the book that will be coming out, um, actually that did just come out, she was like 55. And I have another one planned where she's 60. So, so I'm, I'm pushing the age limit there. And, you know, I really, what I really want to do is, is just show that, you know, you don't have over the age of 50, there's still love and romance, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's what I'm pushing with these books. Um, but I'm also pushing the vacation um, thing as well. That's one, that's one of the, the, the appeals, especially now with COVID where people really weren't allowed to travel and, you know, maybe they're still a little afraid to travel. Well, they can travel in their armchair with my books. <laughs> and actually, it's it's um, it's six books. Um, OK. And then I have plans for four more and probably more after that. <laughs> you have plans for four more after the six. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. So I have the covers for all um, six and then I've just commissioned the covers for the next four. So and, I'm moving forward. Wow, that's fantastic. Thank you. So 
my understanding has always been that romance constitutes approximately 50% of all books sold. I'm not sure of the exact number, but it's huge. Okay. Yeah. Have you determined that there is a large market for books that are uh, about people that are a little bit older? It is a, it is a growing market. Um, I don't have exact numbers, but when Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Apple and all of the different retail retailers start adding a category that's later in life, that says to me that there's a growing market there. And, and they have recently started adding that. Um, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is a growing thing. And readers are really asking for it. I belong to um, some Facebook groups where that's all they're interested in. Huh. Is they want to read about people who are a little older. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. Okay. What made you decide to start writing? Oh, <laughs> How much know. time we got? <laughs> I, I, I think I must have been a born a writer because I, that's what I've been doing since I was a little kid. Um, I wrote my first book in high school. I, I took a creative writing class and everybody else was writing short stories and you had to do two. And I said to the teacher, well, do you think I could just write a book and like, you know, turn <laughs> in a few chapters, you know, for the, the assignments? And she thought that was really cool. So, yeah, I wrote a book. Um, took me a long time to get published. Um, even though, I, even though I started so young, I didn't publish until I was in my forties, my early forties. So yeah, it took a long time to get there, but I made it. And, and how did you get published the, for your first book? Well, I started publishing with a small e-publisher. So they only did e-books. Uh, and then they started doing print on demand later. Um, and then, uh, that was the erotic romance. I, as I told you, I was writing mystery. Um, and I couldn't sell the mystery. I couldn't sell the, the mystery romances. And so I thought, okay, erotica seems to be the big upcoming thing. Everybody, you know, all of these little publishers, the e-publish, because that was when at the beginning of e-publishing. And most of what they were doing was erotic. So I said, I don't care. I just want to get published. <laughs> and so I wrote what they wanted uh -huh. and they bought it. Um, and then in the meantime, I became involved with the Romance Writers of America and I started learning, you know, meeting more people, getting more contacts. And um, I had written a humorous mystery. I found an agent. She loved it. And she sold it to Harlequin. Oh, wow. And then she took my erotic romances that I was um, selling through the small e-publisher. And she sold some of those to Berkeley Books, Berkeley Jove. And then I started writing the erotic romance for them. And I was writing the funny mysteries for Harlequin. Are all the books you're writing these days, are you getting them all through a publisher? Are you putting them through a publisher? No, now I am completely self-published. You are? Yeah. And, and that's good? That's really good. <laughs> There's so much more freedom that way. You get to do whatever you want. What I did with this new series, with the um, it's called the Once Again series, the Later in Life. I decided I wanted to do what's uh, a fast publishing. So... I did the first three books back to back. So I did them in June, July, and August. Wow. And then the next one just came out in October, and the next one will be out in January or February. So it's it's kind of a, a rapid release strategy. And if you're in traditional publishing, that's much, much harder to get them to do for you. Isn't that like a year typically from? It's about nine months. Well, when I was doing it, I stopped. I think the last book I did was six, uh, six years ago. It's about nine months. You know, from the contract yeah, yeah, to yeah. when the book actually comes out. So it takes a lot longer and you have to be 
you know, you have to be really special for them <laughs> to want to do like a back-to-back release. Uh-huh. And back-to-back re- releases, of course, that, you know, that really gives your books an impetus. And so that's what I wanted to do with this one. And, and I can do that on my own yeah, you know, yeah. with the self-publishing. And I mean, they have, there's, there's a whole industry now. I mean, you can have your own cover. You can have your covers made. You can find editors. Um, you know, you do your own advertising. You do your own no- newsletter. They have programs to format the book. Then you upload it. Wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just this whole system yeah, now. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's very easy to do. It's not easy to write the book. Um, <laughs> but I mean, and, and it's, a, it's a complicated process, but it's doable. So I've been self-publishing since 2011. In addition to, you know, I had I had the the traditional publishers, but then I ended with the traditional publishers, and I'm just doing it on my own. Okay, so you got the rights to all your books back. Yes. Okay. Yes. And in talking to auth- uh, to authors, they say that on the one hand, there's a much higher profit in self-publishing. Right. On the other hand, there's far less exposure. Than going through a publisher. Yes, you. I mean, you definitely have to advertise. If you just put your book up and do nothing, nobody will ever find it. So you have to get out there. I mean, I, I do a lot of advertising on Facebook, um, and I use another thing called Amazon ads. If you see on Amazon, if you see those little sponsored, those are people doing advertising. And then I advertise on Facebook. Um, there's another group called BookBub. Um, oh, I know BookBub. Yeah, and so I advertise on BookBub. So you you have you know a lot of my work is marketing. Oh, okay. And when I when I was published with a traditional publisher, they did the marketing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you had to have your newsletter and everything, but but now probably half my time is spent doing yeah. all the ads and and marketing. And you're doing that all yourself. Yes. You didn't uh, send that out to anybody to do no, for you. No, you know. You could, there are lots of great groups that will do that for you, but I just decided I would try to learn it myself. Yeah, um, I, I do much better with the Facebook ads than the Amazon <laughs> ads. I haven't quite cracked those, but I'm working on it. Uh, have um, Have you gotten into the uh, audiobook phase? Yes, I have several audiobooks out, but I did that in the very beginning, and for me, they weren't. They didn't pay for themselves. I'll be honest. <laughs> they did yeah. not pay for themselves. Yeah. And so I haven't done any audiobooks lately um, because it just was too too hard to make the money back on them. Uh, okay. Okay. I would think that there'd be a market for audiobooks of erotic romance, but what do I know? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no comment to be made. Yeah. Uh, as usual. Um, <laughs> Okay, so I, I just have to tell the, the listeners how we met. Yes. So back in the day, it's probably, I don't know, 15 years ago, you think? 10, 15 years ago? It's at least 10. At least, at least 10. 10. Barnes & Noble in the Prune Yard, every Tuesday afternoon, had authors that would come and, and they would have tables set up near the front door. Uh, and they would obviously be introducing themselves to customers as they came in. Well, I got in the habit of going in every Tuesday afternoon and met a number of authors that I still am in contact with. But my favorite introduction was to Jennifer, <laughs> who was with Shelley, who we had on two weeks ago. So here's what makes it a little bit different than your normal introduction. Jennifer was Jasmine at that time. So she was introducing and selling her erotic romance. And Shelley was was, was selling books on the Amish. She was selling Amish 
fiction. I guess romance, certainly. They were romance. And they're what we call sweet, which is they don't have anything erotic in them. Right, right. As you would expect for something related to the Amish. So that was a pairing that I have not seen before or since. Uh, but obviously, I'm still in contact and still reading books from both. So that's 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 my that's my favorite story about that uh, situation. That was, one, that was one of the reasons Shelley and I always liked working together because we were like on totally different ends of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. Uh, okay, so you've done some novellas, you've done some anthologies, and I understand that you've got an anthology cookbook you're working on. That was a, that was a little while ago. Oh, it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell us how how you morphed into novellas and how the anthologies came up. Well, the anthologies um, were just, I was writing for Berkeley Jove doing erotica and they just came to me and said, you know, would you, would you like to be part of this anthology with these other ladies? I didn't know any of the ladies, <laughs> but they were all writing erotic romance. And so I said, yes, yes. And they had bigger names than I did. So it was very good for me to be in a book with some of these bigger names so that then these these ladies, their readers would then get to know me. Um, so I did a couple of anthologies that way. Uh-huh. And novellas? Yeah. Why, why do a novella? Because it's short. <laughs> because <laughs> so are erotic romances. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's why. Actually, I did some anthologies. I think they're called omnibus anthologies. I think is the technical name for them. And so I would write a complete book. So it would be, you know, 90 to 100,000 words, but it would have three different stories in it. Uh-huh. And so it, that's where the novella came Got in. Got it. Thing came in. So that I could write about three different couples doing whatever they do, <laughs> you know. And um, that would become an anthology. So I did several of those omnibus anthologies okay. with them with Berkeley. And they worked out great when I got my rights back because then I could take the three books and split them, you know, and yep. have a lot more books out there to sell. Yeah. You know, and then, and they were all, so they were all trilogies. Well, actually one of them was nine books because I did three omnibus anthologies. So it was okay. nine different stories. Um, and so that's really how the novella thing came about was doing the short format to go into these omnibuses. Okay. Well, you said that that the erotic romance were like forty to fifty five thousand words. Yeah. How about your romance, and how about a, a novella? What what? A what novella, a, a novella will be anywhere between um, forty and fifty thousand. Um, sometimes I have done a little shorter at like twenty thousand, but I, that's that's bordering on the edge of being a short story almost. And then the longer romances, when I was writing for uh, Harlequin. They would be about ninety to a hundred thousand okay. words, and now that I'm doing my own, I've sort of cut them down to be seventy to seventy-five, except for that I talk a lot, <laughs> <laughs> and so sometimes I end up being eighty to eighty-five. <laughs> so the the later in life, those are all in the seventy seventy-five. There's they're from seventy-five to eighty-five. Okay, uh, and um, how how do you decide what you're going to write next? I mean, you write you write series, you write standalones, right? Uh, well, right now I'm I'm going to concentrate on this once again series, which is the holiday okay. later in life romance. What I like about this is that even though it is a series, they are all standalone, completely standalone. They don't even have connected characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What connects them is the fact that it's a vacation romance. So I'm going to a foreign locale, 
So that is really the connection. And so I have all the latitude to write whatever I want. I don't even have to think about, you know, the first book in the series had these people. And yeah, so yeah. now how do I bring them back into it? So it's so much easier. Uh, and so I just, I don't know. It's like, where do I want to go? Let's see. <laughs> you know, I think I want to go to Ireland. What do I want to do there? You know, and so I just, I don't know, I make them up. <laughs> how, how do you do research on these uh out of the country sites? Well, some of the places I've been to. Okay. Um, so the Northern Lights, um, I just did, and I've been to Norway. And so I, I can incorporate a lot of that into it. Um, and the first book, Dreaming of Provence, we had a writer's retreat there. Uh, and so I used that. Uh, but the rest of the time, I do a lot of YouTubing uh -huh. <laughs> and watching videos. I've never been to Rome, so I watched a lot of videos on Rome. Yeah, yeah. And I was really gratified when I got some reviews and comments where people said, oh, wow, it was like it was just like I was visiting there all over again. And I thought, well, I did good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been to Rome. I haven't been to Provence. And, and it definitely felt it felt like it, it was accurate. I mean, based, <laughs> based on what I saw. So, <laughs> good, so good. I can attest to that one. <laughs> Let's talk about your writing procedure, your schedule. Uh, what do you, I mean, you're doing this full time and you're doing yes. it fast, other than, of course, the time you take on the promotions and marketing. Yeah. So yeah. what, what's your writing schedule like? I write every day. I generally write seven days a week. Um, but what I've started doing now is recording. So when I go for my walk in the morning, when I'm taking a bath, when I'm driving, <laughs> whatever, I am recording a book. And then when I'm in front of my computer and working, I can be editing another book. So I'm actually working on two books at wow. a time. And for some, you know, I thought I never could do this. I thought, how can, how can anybody work on more than one book? Because you get confused. But it just seems to use a different part of the brain. Uh. Like the recording is different than the editing. And so I'm editing what I recorded on, on one book and then recording another one at the same time. So that so I feel like I'm always kind of a, a little bit ahead. So I, I have a rough draft of a book while I'm working on the previous one. Okay. Do you have early readers? Do you have editors standing by? I mean, how I, does it get done? I have reviewers and I do have some early readers, but I do my own editing. Sorry, Lloyd. <laughs> Sorry. Quite all right. <laughs> I, I just, I find that, I find it so much easier to do my own because then I can do it on my own schedule and I don't have to build in editing time. And I, I, just, I feel that the books are pretty clean, even though I'm doing it myself. And you're not, I, this, this is something I probably have seen on TV, but you're not worried that by, that you'll kind of overlook the same mistake maybe each of the times that you read it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is a problem. And uh, there are a few typos. This last book had a lot of typos. And I actually, it did. Have, I'll admit it. It had a lot of typos. And I had to send it out again. I, I had to have Amazon send out another copy. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, there's when you're reading stuff, there's, there's always something that's going to just, your eye is not going to pick it up. You just, you, you add it in. You know, it just your eye adds it in, even though it's not there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what I do is I go back um, after I've published a book, I will go back and read it again after I've taken a break from it. And then I can usually see those things and I'll put up another um, version. OK, what what uh, Jennifer was referring to about Sorry, Lloyd, is that I did edit one of her books uh, a few years back. <laughs> and you did a wonderful job. Oh. I thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. 
uh, editing is is not a skill. Editing is when mistakes smack you in the face when you're reading a book. I'm sure all of you have come across that. And I, I when I read and I'm actually doing some editing, I'm not looking for mistakes. They just pop up. So again, it's not a skill. It just happens to be some part of my brain is looking at it that way. I'm not. I'm not sure how that works. Well, you know, it's very. It, it's much easier to see it in somebody else's because you don't already know the story. Yeah. And, and I think one of the problems with doing my own editing is, I can think that something is on the page, that I've told readers this, but really it's only in my head. <laughs> and that's the thing that you have to really look for. Um, as I'm doing the editing, I really have to look at it and say, did I actually tell people that? Or did I just like throw that in and, and you know, it's yeah. like nobody knew where <laughs> that came from. <laughs> so that's why it you, you have to have time in between each revision that you read so that you, it's a little bit fresh, Yeah, which is, which is kind of nice about how, doing the recording at the same time, because that sort of breaks me from this book into that book, yeah, yeah. you know, and that helps a lot. Yeah. Okay, so this is a question I love to ask authors. Have any of your books gotten any interest from TV or movie studios? No, <laughs> I wish they had. Yeah. <laughs> but no. Most say no. And, and of those that say yes, almost all of them do not, it does not go very far. Right. You know Marina Adair. Yes. Okay, so I think she's got three or four movies that, that, Hallmark, Hallmark made, mm -hmm. uh, and she's a romance author too. But, but she, is she traditionally published? I think she's. I think she publishes with Montlake, which is which would be considered traditional. But that's at Amazon, I believe. It. Montlake is Amazon. Okay, because I would think that if you're with a traditional publisher, you have a better chance of getting discovered I, by by a studio. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to. Ha your book has to be out there a lot more, or or you can. I mean, you can give it to you can give your book to people who will go and look for that. Um, so that's one of the things I'm looking at with this series is how would I um, how would I get that out there um, to be looked at by producers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them are just are just perfect for for a movie. And especially I would think that Hallmark, since that's all they do is romance, I believe, isn't it? Yeah. By yeah, and large. By and large, they're, they're romance. Yes. Yeah. Uh, does it make sense to contact them? Does anybody, do the authors actually contact Hallmark and say? Well, there are, there are groups that you can sell your book to who then have um, agreements with some of these other okay. companies. Um, but if you're trying to do it on your own, you can't just call up Amazon Studios or Hallmark and say, here, I have, you, you know, you have to have yeah, a game yeah. in there. There's got to be a, 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 yeah. and you a tweener. And you have to write a pitch. You have to, so you have to learn how to write a pitch. And, and so doing it on your own, that just seems like a lot of work. <laughs> and and you, you have to figure out who are the producers for those companies. You know, because, I mean, Amazon Studios can put something out, but there's a producer that brought it to them. So you have to figure yeah, out, yeah. well, who's the producer? And so there's just a lot of got it. It's very involved, and I haven't delved into it yet. But I'm thinking that's something I might do with the with the new series. I think it would. I think it, some of them would be really good for that. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, that makes sense. I think the Maverick billionaires would also be great. But <laughs> yep, they would. <laughs> From my mouth, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you mentioned that at one point you wrote three books, like month after month after month. I put them out month after month. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
How long does it actually take you to write a contemporary romance? Three to four months. All right. So you're doing three to four books a year? Yes, I can. (laughs) Yes, I can. Is that an answer? (laughs) (laughs) I don't always get out three to four books a year. Sometimes I'm like fiddling around doing other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Doing a lot. Last year I did a ton of promotion. I spent a lot of time working on the promotion and learning how to do that, learning how to do the Facebook ads. And it did take away from my writing time. Yeah, yeah. I will admit that. (laughs) Do Do you try to write a certain amount of hours a day? No, I do words. I, ah, okay. I, I like to write, I have to give myself 2,500 words. Uh, and then if I get more, that's great. But 2,500 words is the goal. And that'll, you know, when I'm recording, I could, that, that's about six weeks to do the first draft. Okay. Um, and then it takes about the same amount of time to edit that. So you're actually recording the entire book? Yes. Interesting. And, and what if you, what if along the way you decide to change a sentence? How do you, what happens then? Well, I'll make a note for myself and say, you know, you need to fix this. You need to fix that as I'm talking the book. But I don't go fix it. I don't go back and fix it until I'm doing the editing. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, I do have to go back and add some description. It's like, and the descriptions change. What did I, what did I say that person looked like? <laughs> you know, so there, there is a lot more editing in it after I've recorded it than if I was actually typing the first draft. And so, but, you know, I still think that I'm, I'm getting the books out faster because of that. Okay. What, what leads you to a particular storyline? How, how do you come up with all the different, I mean, between the two different types of romance, you've got a ton of storylines. How do they come up? They come from everywhere. <laughs> Actually, one of the things I do is the way that I fall asleep is I have to make up a story. I can't fall asleep thinking about real life because that just (laughs) keeps me awake. I can't worry about problems because that keeps me awake. Um, And I can't uh, work on a current book because that's like work. So I have to make up a brand new story. And so that's what I do at night to fall asleep is I make up this new story. And if I like it, then that'll become a story that that I'll write. If I don't like it, then I forget it. (laughs) So I do a lot of that. Um, I also... As I'm watching TV, movies, um, looking at stuff on the internet, there'll be just a little germ of something that's like, oh, that's really cool. I like that. You know, how can I build a story around that one tiny little thing? Um, and so, you know, you just take it from real life, things people say to you, stories people tell you. It just it comes from everywhere. Yeah. All right. And you're a member of the uh, Romance Writers of America. Yes. This is this is a, a national big organization, isn't it? It's huge. Um, and that's where I learned how to write. That's where I made all of my contacts. That's where that's where I met all of my friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, Shelly was um, with RWA. Bella was with RWA. Um, so, yes, it's, it's a huge organization and they just provide so much information about how to write. I, I once met Robert Crace at a mystery conference uh, and he's a big mystery writer Uh and he gave a talk and he said that if you want to learn how to write no matter what you're writing you go to the romance writers of america wow because they teach you how to write not you know how to write a mystery or how to write but they teach you how to write and it's very true they had they have a ton of seminars and workshops and um 
that was how I got published. I got published to them. I made contacts. I found an agent that way. Everything that I that I do now is because of RWA. Wow. Yeah. And are you still active? Not really. I I barely leave my house. <laughs> <laughs> I think coming coming to do this with you is the first time I've been out in I don't know weeks. <laughs> really? Oh well, thank you for doing that. Sure. I, I really appreciate that. Will you consider? At some point, writing in any other genres. You mean outside of romance? Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. I mean, I mean if, you've already done mystery. Yeah. If, if an idea came to me, I would do that. Yeah. But I guess I guess I'm just a I'm a romantic person at heart or something because no matter what no matter what the idea is, it always ends up being a romance somehow. Even if it's a mystery, it ends up being a romance. Well. I mean, if you if you go on Goodreads, you know, and it'll tell you how many people thought it was a particular genre, the book that they had read, even in historical fiction, you're going to see romance. I mean, it's really in almost every kind of genre yeah. in some form. Yeah, there's always a romance in there. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, there, that's true. Except for maybe Jack Reacher, <laughs> which I'm reading right now. <laughs> Have you read others by him? I've, I've read all of his. I've read a few. I think I read four or five and and I stopped not because I didn't like them, but because I went to other things. But yeah, yeah those are a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your Bay Area connection? Uh, you mean it's like how, yeah, how long have you been here? Oh, and OK, uh, I have been here since since I was in high school. I got to think back. Yeah, since I was about the 10th grade. My father, I, I was born in Canada. OK. Um, in Toronto and my father's company just kept moving him everywhere. So they moved him to Michigan and then they moved him to Southern California and then they moved him to Northern California. Uh -huh. And so I, and he never moved again. So I never moved. <laughs> I stayed. Uh, and currently you live at, we call it up the hill. Yeah. Over the hill. Over the hill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I live over the hill um, in the San Lorenzo Valley. All right. Maybe that could be the next genre after later in life. Could be. <laughs> I'm approaching yeah. that actually. So, <laughs> okay, but enough of that. Uh, all right, I'm going to do a little trivia now. Okay. Uh, and these are these are just random for your information. They're just random stuff. So, Ray Bradbury, before his book was called Fahrenheit 451, was going to call it The Fireman. And he and his editor thought that was a boring title. So what they did was they called a fire station and they asked the, the whoever they spoke to, what temperature does paper burn? And it was 451 degrees. Wow. So that's how he came up with Fahrenheit. That's fabulous. I know, isn't that cool? I love it. Yeah. Okay, this is one that I, I thought, I think there's a lot of fun. Dr. Seuss made a bet with his editor that he could write a book with no more than 50 unique words. And he did it with green eggs and ham. <laughs> so I never I never thought to count how many unique words are in it, but it must be true. You haven't gone back to do that now? No, I have not. Shame on me. Yes. <laughs> okay. And uh, the last one is, and I think some people know this, but maybe not everybody. In Frankenstein, Frankenstein is not the monster. 
it's Dr. Frankenstein. And in fact, the monster had no name. However, Mary Shelley, the author, was, was heard to call him Adam, as in referring to Adam and Eve. So that's how he, that's, that's how he, he has no name, except he kind of has a name. All right. Okay, that's it. Um, I'm done with trivia. Uh, thank you. I wanted to th thank you again, especially for making the trip down here. Uh, and uh, it's wonderful to see you. Uh, I'm encouraging everybody to read your books. Um, as I said, I've read Provence and Rome. Uh, I like them a lot. I still favor Maverick Billionaires, but only by a slight margin. Uh, and uh, people get out and and, uh, and read those. What's number one is? Dreaming of Provence. No, number oh. one in uh, Maverick Billionaires. Oh, uh, Breathless in Love. Breathless in Love. All right, find it. Bella Andre and Jennifer Scully. And thank you. Thank you. And uh, we'll be in touch. Okay. Thanks All so right. much, Lloyd. See ya. You just heard Lit with Lloyd here on KCAT Radio. Explore all our KCAT original programming at kcat.org slash radio. 